everyone. Welcome to Naya Unfiltered. I'm Thea Sanders, CEO and founder of the Naya Beauty app. When we started this podcast, originally we talked about all things beauty, but I wanted to expand the conversation to include the three eyes which were most important to me. I wanted Naya Unfiltered to be impactful, insightful, and informative. We have carefully curated a list of interesting people with interesting stories who will hopefully leave you wanting to learn more. I hope you enjoy our new revamped Naya Unfiltered. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Naya Unfiltered with me, Thea Sanders. Well, the gift-giving season is upon us yet again, and if you're anything like me, you are scrambling. So my next guest, who is Elizabeth Jones Hennessy, the CEO and founder of Gift Me Chic, just makes sense. She curates meaningful gifts for those people in your lives when you are stuck and you can't think of what to get. She's going to sit down and talk to me about how she came up with this fantastic idea, her past, her present, and her future. Enjoy. I wanted to talk about the three D's, her destiny, her destination, e-commerce site, and also discovery, discovering and curating these products that she um, presents to her clients. And how does she find these gifts? And then also trying to share a little bit with us how to find the perfect gift for that perfect person. Learning about you, you know, and studying about you and your history, I I saw that you had said that, hey, I always wanted to be in retail or, you know, have my own store or something. So tell us what you're in New York right now, but tell us, you know, where are you originally from? So I'm from New York as well. I grew up in the suburbs, Westchester County. Um, I'm an only child. My parents were both, um, they both worked and, and, you know, we're talking about, I grew up in the late seventies and the eighties and, um, you know, I, I, I'm an only child, like I said, and I had a very strong example of a mother, a working mother. And this was rare. I went to a private school. Most of the moms didn't work. Um, and that was not my case. And, you know, at that time you're growing up and you, I personally felt a little bit like embarrassed or, Oh, my mom, but it wasn't that, you know, my mom has just been a go-getter and she's well-educated and it's something that was always very important to her to have a professional life besides being a mom and having her personal life. So, um, so high school rolls around and I said to my parents, okay, you know, I need some extra money. I want to buy this and that. And they said, okay, get a job, right? Right. Get a <laughs> so, job. So here I am still feeling bad about myself because no one else has a job. You know, when I look back at that time and I'm so grateful and so appreciative that this is the path that they made me follow, frankly, because I wanted extra change in my pockets. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went to, um, my school was in the town of Rye. So I went down to the town and I found a really cute little accessory store called Spangles. And I got a part-time job working there after school. So that was really my foray into retail. And I loved it. I loved helping customers. I loved the product that they were selling. Um, So I really made the best of it. And I earned enough money to to be able to buy my pair of jeans that everyone else was wearing, you know. And by senior year, I had worked there long enough that the owner wanted to do my senior thesis on retail. And what what does that look like? So the owner of the store took me with her on a buying trip. And we went to one of those accessory shows and picked out, you know, lots of new products. And that's where I really fell in love. You know, and I thought to myself, this is, this is fun. I feel passionate about it. Um, and I went home and I said to my dad, you know, I want to be a buyer. And he said, well, you know, that's a very unstable job. If you don't make your numbers, you get fired. Like, 
Wah, wah. You know? yeah, have, it's always it's has to be stability, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is like, these are parents that have 401ks and social security and all of those in the box things that frankly are, you need. Right. Right. So, um, so I was like, okay, th- thanks for the encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it, you know, so I led me to college where I really did have, um, an open mind in terms of my degree. I studied sociology and communications, um, still having this retail buying in the back of my head, but also my dad in the back of my head. Okay. What's the most yeah. secure job that I can find. And when I graduated, I, that passion was still there. So I said, okay, how do I get my foot into the door of the fashion industry? And I didn't have a lot of connections. So I, you know, went to a headhunter and I got a job as a receptionist at a big fashion house. So on the wholesale side called GFT and that fashion house was Italian and they had brands like Valentino, Emmanuel Ngoro, Calvin Klein men's. Um, Yeah, it was, they had really um, big Italian brands under their umbrella. So I worked as the receptionist and I got promoted to be the assistant to the assistant of the CEO. And then getting I got coffee or, I mean, let's see, let's, let's go back. Are you getting coffee? Are you schlepping? Are you totally. like, doing, like I'm making faxing? Coffee. I'm getting coffee. I'm faxing. I'm running errands between the floors. Cause every brand has its own floor in the building. And of course this is before the age of email, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. This was sort of at the beginning of email. Cause I remember having a hotmail account at that time, <laughs> right? Okay. Really going back and before social media, you know, it was, it was more of an innocent time, let's call it, okay. right? Okay. But for okay. me, so then you're 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 out there, you're hustling. It's kind of like double double words Prada. You're out there schlepping. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I just wanted to work hard. I wanted to be respected. I wanted to be get promoted, and I wanted to prove myself. And um, so from that next step, I then got promoted to Joseph Abood, which was one of the divisions within within the group. And it was in Joseph Abood where I was a sales coordinator. So I'm working with the director of sales, showing the buyers the new collection. And that's where I said back to myself, you know what? I really want to be on the other side of the table. I really want to be a buyer. Mm -hmm. So I worked and proved myself there. And then finally, I said to my boss, really want to be in retail. And this is where that company really conspired to help me because I had proven myself over those number of years. So they called Saks Fifth Avenue and they said, we have a great candidate. Would you consider interviewing her for your executive training program? Uh, Fast forward, fast forward, I get in. And that really kicked off my my career. And um, I went through the executive training program at Saks and I spent six years there rising through the ranks. So I grew up, I like to say I grew up in fashion, but when it became time to become a buyer, you know, there's only a few entry level buying jobs. So the first one that came up when I was ready to be promoted was in beauty. So I said to myself, you know, okay, I never really thought about beauty. Of course, I always loved makeup and skincare and had my routine. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, this will be different, a new business to learn about. And that's how I got into beauty. And um, it was a really fun job. I had the niche perfumes. I had accessories like candles and diffusers. And it was creative. It was fun. um, And I really enjoyed it. And that led me to then going to Bergdorf's to be a beauty buyer. And I had half the floor. So I had big brands like Chanel, Bobby Brown, Trish McAvoy. Um, at the time, Shuamora was in the U.S., which was an amazing brand. Kiehl's. And then I have all of fragrances, both for women and men. 
So, so again, you know, I'm on the beauty floor and it's fun. You're learning about skin. I know I felt like an expert at that point. I knew which molecules were good for which portions of your skin and what the new colors were of the season. Um, wow. and constantly getting my makeup done. Cause you know, there's makeup artists on the floor and you're like, I need a touch up, you know? <laughs> so, so I realized how fun beauty is and how fun beauty can be and the exploration of that. Um, and then one of the brands I launched exclusively at Bergdorf's was a perfume brand called Killian Perfume. And it was very exciting. I was fighting against Barney's to bring it to the US and launch it exclusively. And that's what we did. And business took off. Um, and Killian Perfume was really still new in this um, category of niche perfume and niche perfume collections. So there were six cents. At that point, the only other brands that existed within this world, luxury perfume world, was Frederick Mall, Tom Ford Private Blend, um, and Lalabo. So it was really new. It was very luxury coming out of Paris. Business took off. Mm -hmm. So it was exciting. Every day we're watching the numbers. Um, Killian Hennessy was the founder. He was based in Paris. Um, and then a year later, when the brand, he wanted to grow the brand in the U.S. because he was managing Europe, the Middle East, and Russia. And he said to me, Elizabeth, I really want to expand my brand in the U.S. I know that Bergdorf's has the exclusivity. Should I go to Neiman's or Saks? So Bergdorf's is part of the Neiman's group. So I said, well, you have to go to Neiman's, right? Because <laughs> I right. had to promote my own company. Yeah. But at the same time, Saks Fifth Avenue came along and they loved the brand. And he had to make a choice. And he said, what do you think of Saks? And I said, well, that's my old team and they're great. So there's not a lot I can say. Yeah. And he decided to go with Saks. And what he said to me was, there's no one that I trust more than you in the US. I'm based in Paris. Would you consider leaving your job at Bergdorf's, open my, opening my US subsidiary and becoming my CEO for North America? So, you know, I always use this, use this analogy because, you know, in life, there's trains that pass and either you choose to get on the train or you don't. Right. Yep. This was a big moment in my life. I was going through some personal changes and I'm like, okay, you know what? You know, they say there's what seven big moments in life, right? Birth, death, moving, changing jobs. I think I had like three of them all at once. Oh, but that's okay. it. But I said to myself, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just jump into this dark pool and do it. The unknown. Yeah. Just into the unknown. And I'm going to swim my way through and, and see where this leads me. But I, I had faith. I really believed in it. I saw the potential. And I trusted my gut, which isn't always easy to do. Right. So that's when um, did you hear your dad in the background, like, okay, stability, <laughs> stability. Oh, not even the background. He was in the forefront. Like, <laughs> are you sure this is a good idea? What you're, you're leaving your 401k, hey, you've been in this job, there's stability, you know, you've been here for years and now you're going to do this. And like the startup, what? Yeah. I mean, and of course that puts, you know, fear. And I said, okay, dad, just trust me, you know, just trust me. Look, here I am in my life. I've done far good. I've done well so far. Yeah. So there's nothing, you know, you, you can't rule my life anymore. Right? Right. I'm a big girl. Yeah, I'm a big girl. I'm putting my big girl pants on and I'm going to do this. Yep. Yep. So, and so that's what I did. And it was really um, a wonderful journey. I spent, Gosh, I mean, it was almost 10 years, eight years building the brand. Um, we launched all of the Saks Fifth Avenue doors outside of New York to get started because Bergdorf's had the exclusivity in New York. Finally, it came time for um, Saks New York to open. Um, plus, we had all of the small uh, perfumeries and apothecaries and concept stores around the country, you know, stores like 
Lucky Scent in LA or Fred Siegel and et cetera. Um, and then there were some sack stores down in Mexico. There was Holt Renfrew in Canada. So and it was you're really- traveling, you know, making sure that the placement is right and what's yeah. happening and you're like your, your fingers on the, on the pulse of like the numbers, everything. Everything. And then building the team, you know, it started as me, myself and I in my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm fielding calls early in the morning with Europe. I'm fielding calls at the very end of the day with the West Coast, you know, and some days I wouldn't leave my apartment. I'd still see the chain on the door. And I'm like, this is not a good sign, right? I need left at the minimum. (laughs) Am I still in my pajamas? There's a chance, right? Right. So, you know, that kind of started, okay, at first I need an office then I need an assistant. And that's how the ball starts rolling. And as we start opening up stores all over the country, we had to hire regional directors to manage territories because I also had a young child at home. I had shared custody, Um, you know, so it was a lot of travel on my off weeks and then a lot, you know, on my plate on my, when I'm in New York. Um, And that's how, you know, again, it's building up the team. The way it works on the beauty floors and the department stores is that every sales associate is actually owned by the brand. So the department, so those employees are not Bergdorf's employees. They're actually Chanel employees, Bobby Brown employees. So every counter you have to hire your employees to manage your counter. So that's one piece of it. And then the other piece of it is negotiating with your buyer, the, the location on the floor. Because oh, they, wow. They okay. Location. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, space and location is really important. You know, where the alley, where the aisles, where's, which way does the traffic flow? What's mm-hmm. your visibility as a counter for all of those different points? Oh, so there's, yeah, there's okay. a lot. Of, and then there's all the marketing, you know, that's, it's a whole thing. You know, it was a lot of work, um, but it was exciting. Learning as you went or this yeah. is, you're using some of the knowledge that you had being a buyer you know, on the other side, or was this like, okay, I'm being thrown into this situation. All right. I've got to learn how to negotiate this. I've got, okay, I've got to hire this team. We've got to do training. We've got to do the marketing, all of this stuff. Was this all new for you? Not really. I mean, it was new being on the wholesale side of it, but one of the benefits of hiring someone from retail into wholesale is they know all the tricks in the games, Uh, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, the retailers are saying to me, well, uh, it's going to cost you X X amount of money for a page in our catalog. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know (laughs) the real cost, you know? So it's, it really worked for in Killian's favor. Um, right. But yes, there, the part that was new was hiring the staff and working with the products. And then the coordination of figuring out how many products are needed to ship from France to then fulfill what the stores are ordering. So there's that piece of it is like the supply chain, which is new. Okay. And everybody's market. hearing about now. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the difficulties in managing the stock levels, but I did do that as a retailer. So a lot of it transferred over. It was really just me applying it to then the wholesale portion. Okay. Um, but yes, but I mean, it was the things I learned that were new were exciting and they were challenging and all of it were great learning experiences along the mm-hmm. way. So then um, in 2016, the brand was actually bought by Estee Lauder. So, um, and, and I will tell you on the personal side, through the course of this, um, of, of this relationship and working, Killian also became my husband. Oh, are you serious? I'm serious. So there's a real love in the workplace. Okay. Love in the 
were, you know, it was one of those things that evolved. We were working very closely together. We had both been through separations and or divorces and it developed and it evolved. And to the point that we were officially in a relationship, we ended up getting married. Um, So we were enjoying the success together. You know, we, our lives were very complicated because we both had kids in each country. So we were, you know, we would do our schedule for travel six months in advance because first we'd look at the school calendar and okay, when are all the school breaks and none of our breaks Ah. now. So it became a puzzle. And what we would do is we'd do it on an airplane because we knew we were trapped, right? (laughs) Not one of the other ones could get so frustrated and run away, you know, the farthest you can go to the bathroom. So So, I'm going to learn that trick when I talk to my husband, because we're flying to Arizona. I mean, it's a short flight, but that'll be the time that you can't run away. We've got to figure this out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) for better or for worse, right? That's smart. Okay. I mean, the other good thing is on a plane, you know, you don't want to get, you know, um, aggravated, you know, because you're in a public space, a tightly, (laughs) you know, that's that's a good, that's a good tip. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so we had to coordinate a lot, you know, between the, the kids and the business needs and the exes and how did that all play out? Um, but, but it was fun and it, and it was also exhausting. Um, but we did a lot of wonderful things because we ended up launching the brand in, in multiple places around the world. So that wow. was really, and that's, I would say from a retailer to a wholesaler, that's really, um, for me, I love to travel. I'm a Sagittarius. So, you know, it really, that was a very exciting part. You know, we went to Bangkok to launch the brand there. Um, we went to Moscow on a number of occasions. Um, so it was really, really exciting to discover new cultures and to see how much they were excited about the brand and love the brand. So we were a really good team for many, many years. And, um, and then the brand got bought by Lauder and this was a moment for me to step out and say, okay, what do I really want to do? Um, you know, I really, I, I loved my husband at that time. Um, I loved what we were I'm going through divorce number two, hence, you know, these little cues at the time, you know, (laughs) I don't mean it like that. I mean, he's a wonderful person. Um, You know, it's, it didn't, it's, you know, it didn't work out, unfortunately, but it's, it was a 14 year chapter and a very, very important one in my life. Sounds like it was a successful one. In a successful one, definitely. Um, But at that time, you know, Lauder said to me, okay, Elizabeth, what job do you want? And I said, "Mm -mm -mm, I saw the writing, you know, I'm not going to be the wife that's in between, you know, but, and and I had to recognize within myself, I really did miss retail. I missed the sense of discovery. Every time we would travel to these places, the first thing I wanted to do were, was to go to the little stores and find out what were the authentic um, products and brands of that city or country. Um, and of course, you know, discover the the local food and meet right. some people right. and um, get the flavor of wherever we were. Right. And, and um, not live as a tourist, but live as a local, right? To find yeah, those I mean, hidden treasures. Right. Exactly. Finding the treasures. And I would always keep a list or I'd buy things and bring them back. And I would say to myself, oh, it would be so wonderful to bring this to the public, you know, bring it to people in a, in a, in a retail concept. But I wasn't there yet. And because the travel was so... Um, logistically complicated going back and forth between Paris and New York, you know, I was a bit at a loss. Okay. I've never been an entrepreneur. So the idea of that was very scary. The finances felt overwhelming, you know, so I really did need to take some time to digest and think about how do I do this? Um, What's going to make me happy? Where are my passions? 
And slowly but surely, and I said to myself, okay, brick and mortar is really hard these days. It has to be online. Um, But that was completely new territory for me. And that must have been pre-COVID, right? You realize this. Oh, yeah. This is back in 2018. Yeah. So maybe not 2019. Um, And then I started thinking about, okay, what 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 am I missing when I am shopping? You know, I love fashion. I love accessories. But I'm not going to compete with Net-A-Porter, let's face it. Right. Right? Right. And it, it sort of clicked that the one thing that's frustrating for me is when I'm going shopping for a gift, because I'll go to one of the department stores and look at all their things online, but I'm scrolling through thousands of products. Yeah, it's really it's so hard. overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So maybe you have an idea. Oh, she wants a Burberry sweater. I mean, I'm just making that up. But if you don't and you need inspiration, where do you go to find that? And so then I would go, you know, to some of the little mom and pop stores here in my neighborhood. And, and I realized there wasn't one destination that was solely dedicated to gift giving. And there are, but they're really very mass. Mm -hmm. So what I was looking for or was lacking was something that was more curated, more elevated, not necessarily expensive, you know, my, you know, the prices range, but no matter what, you're going to find something that's cute. It has a great aesthetic. The quality is there and you're proud to give it as a gift. Mm -hmm. So this is where it clicked for me. And then the name came gift me chic. I was in an airport lounge and it just sort of got downloaded. (laughs) And then I quickly came from, right. That inspiration, it just like hits you. Right. And then it just Just hit me. Right. Yeah. I was like, gift me chic. And then I quickly went on Instagram and the handle was available. So I quickly got the handle, snagged it. Yep. And then I went to your website. Yeah. I mean, I went to network solutions. The, the, the URL was there, bought it, you know? So it was kind of like, okay, this is the seed. Like now I'm in. Now I got something. My little seed is there. Right. Right. And so in 2019 is when I really put it together in my mind and on paper of what I wanted it to be. Um, and I did sort of a, a very rough, um, soft launch where I came up with a logo and I had a, I built a very simple site on Shopify and I kicked out, I didn't want to miss the holidays for 2019. So I, I onboarded 10 brands and mm-hmm. there were brands, some you would know, and some you wouldn't know. So the customer could say, you know, go onto the site and feel comfortable because they're going to know Asseline books or Fleur de Mall, uh, lingerie, pajamas, and then some things coming from Europe that they won't know, but then there's that real sense of discovery. Mm-hmm. And, and it was soft, but it was, it resonated really well. I really, I was passionate about it. The brands that I brought on board were very um, encouraging and positive about it and wanted to be part of it with me. Um, and so that, you know, so that was really exciting, but then COVID hit. So now we're talking early 2020. And I'm like, wow, talk about a bad time to launch a business. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's not brick and mortar, right? True. Good point. So this is when I really, I took a step back and I said, okay, this is your moment to build it into really what you see. It can be what you want it to be. So I, you know, I worked with the branding agency. I worked with the web developer. We built out a whole new site. Um, And I really took that moment to put it together. I onboarded 40 brands um, on top of the 10 I came up with, and this was really kind of fun experiences that were, were being offered as gifts. So, you know, during zoom, you can't, you know, you want to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, during COVID and over zoom was how we were doing it. 
And, but what if there's yes. a way to do it? Okay. I'm giving you a gift and it's going to be an experience that is something really fun and memorable and meaningful to you. Right. So we brought a tarot reader on the site. We brought Oh, a- that's cool. Yeah. An astrology reader. I mean, the astrology reader has been my personal astrology reader for 10 years. So these are people that I bring on that are vetted by me. It's a hundred percent authentic. I don't add anything to the site that I don't personally know and love. Um, you know, another example is I have, um, um, one of my best friends and a jewelry designer, Paige Novick, she's a crystal healer. So we created this bespoke crystal prescription that people really, um, were attracted to. That is cool. Yeah. So it was really, um, so all of these different pieces came together. I I love the idea of experiences because, you know, as people get older, it's, it's even like with my husband, it's like, if he wants something, he'll go out and get it. Right. If right. you need something and it's like, what can I do? Uh, what can I get him? And then I thought experience, right? right? It's like something that it's like, okay, maybe this is something that he'd always wanted to do, whatever it is, or something yeah. that he never even thought of. And right. it's really unique and it's giving you, it's still a gift, yeah. but it's, you know, it's not tangible, but he can always have the memory of it or, you know, it's, it's an experience. I love that. Yeah, it really, and these are the things that really stick with you. I mean, just a, a little bit of a quick sidebar, and this is not on Give Me Chic, but it's the same example of, you know, a few years ago, I date, gave my dad for his birthday 23 and me, okay. and it's changed our lives. I mean, it has drastically changed my family. <laughs> and really? Yes. Yes. So my dad is half black, half German. He was raised as a Catholic in Harlem okay. and- for his life. That's what he knew. He also told us there was a family rumor, I guess it was, that was, we know now that we were part Cherokee native American. Okay. Gets back to 23 and me. There's zero native American. He of course is half black, which he knew he's half German, but it says he's 50% Ashkenazi Jew. And his mind blows his siblings, minds blow his, my grandparents, you know, they've all passed. And it's created a huge deep dive into my grandmother's story because she basically came to New York by herself at the age of 19, just as the war was breaking out from Berlin. And she, the minute she stepped off the boat, she hid her Judaism. My dad never knew. This is so crazy. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, there's so many, like listening to your story, there's so many things that resonate with me. Like we've had in common you know, not only the era of, you know, I I just saw on TikTok, this um, girl had said, Hey, here's a life hack. And it was pegging her pants. And someone said, that's a life hack that you guys are learning now. Do you know how long we've been doing this? Yeah. Hello. Okay. (laughs) What are you talking about? No. Not only that, but then also, you know, um, going to a private school and both parents, my parents were working and it's like a very affluent um, private school. And then me having to get a job to get what I wanted yeah. and going to school and um, my, in my case, going to law school and my mom saying like, listen, you need stability, you need stability. Right. But then it was like, okay, but being an immigrant herself, it was like, all right, well, if you want to do be an entrepreneur, you can be an entrepreneur. At least you have your schooling, you know, to back up. But my dad is, um, is African-American. And then also he felt like he was, you know, Native American. And then here it comes. It's like, oh yeah. From, 
your um, mother is so my grandmother is half black and half Native American, and then her his uncle is half Native American, half white. So he had all of these family members yeah. that were white, and he just thought that his he was like uncle was just like a very light skinned black person. Right. But here comes these doesn't he doesn't have an ounce of black in him, but right. he's half. Native American Blackfoot and and white. And so when my dad goes to, it totally changed our family, you know, like the family reunions and everything. When we go to a family reunion, there's a whole like side that's all, they're Caucasian. Right, right. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? And he <laughs> discovered this when he was in his 50s. So yes. Yeah. I do like so it's like it's really funny. Like this, you know, segments of your story. It's like, wow, it kind of sounds like my like, yeah, it, you're right. It totally changes um your the family and, and what you thought your family was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love hearing that about you. Thank you for sharing. Um, and yeah, so this is, you know, so I call and so basically over the past few years, my dad is this, he's retired, he's 76, and this has become his purpose and like his next mission. And he's diving into our roots and he's found some quite difficult things, you know, from the German side. Um, and it's caused me to dive into my roots and wow. it's just been like, so I call that the boomerang gift because it was the gift I gave him that gave, came back to me and has now, you know, really um, enriched our whole family. That's and so cool. Yeah. Thank you. And so it's like, as I think about gifting, there's so many different ways to gift. And right. I think the experiences part is, is, really important. I really love it. And I'm expanding this category a lot on Gift Me Chic because um, there's so much more to do. There really is. Yeah. Um, so then in 2020, so basically at the end of 2020, I did a hard launch for Gift Me Chic. So I felt that the site was really at the place it needed to be. I had a great assortment of brands and that's how it kicked off. And so now here we are in October of 2021. It's crazy how fast it's the time crazy, is. Crazy, right? Yeah. And um, I mean, it, this is my passion. I'm looking around at my desk because I have a zillion papers here, but this is really my passion. Um, I'm constantly on the search for new brands. Twice a year, there's a trade show. I hate to call it that, but there's a show in Paris called Maison and Objet. So it's house and object. Um, mm -hmm. And this is the highlight of my year to go to this show twice a year. It's huge. It takes two to three days to get through the whole thing. And it's brands from all over the world that are, that are showing their products and to, for, for the buyers. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just did that in September. It was the first one after COVID. So it was really exciting to be back. So for me, it's really is about discovery and, and um, finding things that not only do I love, but that will resonate with my customers and what are they looking for? Um, and who is my target customer and hammering right. all of that out. And that's where I'm at now. I'm also at the point of, of looking for outside support. I mean, to be totally transparent, um, I'm, I have a lot on my plate and I can't do it alone. It's <laughs> what I've sure. realized. You know, I work yes. with a wonderful woman, Mara, she's my work wife, but we both are, we're juggling a lot of balls. You know, sometimes I'm at FedEx cause I got an order yesterday and sometimes I'm running my financials with my accountant. So my head is right. like, and then I'm managing 40 brands. So wow. I'm definitely, you know, I'm fundraising, I'm looking for partnerships. Um, so I'm, now that is a big undertaking as well. I've been self-funding. So I have a limit of how's Exactly. I'm the same over here. Right. It's, yeah. you, you know, and then of course, like when COVID hit, it's like, wait, okay. 
And here's a way, and I think it's, you take a look at like, what's the positive? The positive is that this is going to get, um, give me an opportunity to step back and really kind of like fine tune. What is it that I want to do? What right. is it that I'm trying to present to my customers? Right. Instead of like, wow, what am I going to do now? Where did they go? Right. But right. at least like you, like they say, you keep it moving, moving yeah. forward. Right. right. What's the growth potential and how do I get there and what do I need to get there? And so, yes, it's like the people mover at the airport, you know, <laughs> Just keep moving forward. And I try not to, you know, some days you're like, I'm not as far as I should be, you know, and then I think but you're on your way and just have faith. I have a yes. lot of faith. I trust the universe and, and I exactly. forge ahead, you know, each day. Right. And I think it's like, for me, I look at other businesses and like, wow, look at what they're doing. And then it comes out like, well, well, shit, they've been around since like 2012, you know, and I just launched like literally like, I don't know, like four months ago. I mean, right. you know, and they say that you, you've got to like crawl before you can walk or even run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm still in my diapers right now. Yeah. Okay? Right. right. <laughs> baby steps. That's all it is. Actually baby steps. And then taking those, you know, those um, accomplishments and like really celebrating them. Right. As, as right. an entrepreneur, I think that's what's really important as an entrepreneur is not to look and compare, but to take those achievements and really celebrating them, you right. know, to say like, hey, I number one, congratulations, because you are building something yeah. from scratch, right? Literally from scratch. If you're sitting in the airport and that's how you thought of the name, and <laughs> right. go, let me go on my phone and like um, snag the name, snag the website. I'm on right. the Right. right. You know, and, and they talk about people who maybe they have that entrepreneurship in them, but they're afraid to take that step. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. they live with the regret of, you know what, I should have done that. I thought of that idea. I thought of that. So yeah. jumping off of that diving board into like, into like the deep blue sea, not really knowing if it's shallow or deep, Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And you also, I mean, these are their acts of courage, you know, they, it's, they are. And it's, yeah. and it's great to have a village of women who are in the same boat. Right. I mean, it's, it's nice to see there are women. There's a lot of women who are in corporate positions, but then women who choose to leave that corporate position and start their own um, project of passion. Yeah. You know, I love it when you're like, hey, this was something that I was really passionate about. I mean, I think that we have a cushion, so we have the ability to self-fund, you know, at this point. But then, of course, there's like, oh, I, yeah, I need to have, you know, some funding. But I think we realize we have to get it to a certain level where, where it's attractive for an right. investor. And right. so, but we keep on going, you know, yeah. and it's really nice to, um, to talk to another entrepreneur that like, Hey, this is something that I want to grow exponentially. And, um, I started from here, but right. I know where I want to go. And I know that I need help, um, not just internally, but in the sense of financial, but it's, it's nice right. to like talk about it. Right. Yeah. Right. To voice in and, and talk to as many people as possible. You know, it's so wonderful to meet you. And, uh, you know, I've really just been putting the word on the street and, and I love the support system I have around me. I'm so grateful for my friends and my former colleagues and my family. And, you know, cause one person says you should meet that person. And that person says you should meet this person. And then it's like the, the you know, the spark that keeps lighting different matches along the way. And yes, exactly. It's, and it's yeah, always very... so nice to meet another woman who is supportive, right? Yeah. I mean, because yes. there are 
you know, on the other side, when you meet a woman and for some reason, I don't know why, what it is, but it's like, okay, I'm just not going to mess with you. Okay. I'm going to keep it moving this way. Right. Yeah. But for every one person I meet who maybe can be negative or not very supportive, there's about 10 other women who are super supportive. So it's like, you know, you keep on going, you keep going with your dream and, and I love it. And so you've, you've created this beautiful website and seen it beautiful, beautiful (laughs) products. And I love it. So let's go behind the scenes. Okay. Um, how much hair did you pull out to build the website and the branding? (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed I am getting a bit thin in the back. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, it was a lot. I think the hardest pill to swallow was the investment behind it. I'm like, that costs what? You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Um, but you know, again, it's like just swallowing the pill and jumping off the cliff and saying, okay, this is, I, I like the vision. I, this is what makes sense. And I've done enough homework to be smart about the choices that I'm making, not just jump into, you know, signing a contract with, you know, without doing some, some research. Um, so, so yes, it's, it's definitely been stressful, but it's been, um, but again, you know, I, it's a passion project and I have faith. I really trust the universe. And, um, so as many hairs as fell out, you know, I, I glued them back in. <laughs> You're like, I've got some tufts growing back. I think, I think they're coming back in. It's true. Everyone's like, did you just have a baby? I'm like, first of all, I'm too old for that. Number two, <laughs> no, this is called stress. <laughs> right. It's just, it, this is called regrowth. Okay. That's what right. it's called. Exactly. So, um, I love it. I wanted to ask you, okay. So you, you had like a branding, you, um, and you had a branding agency, you did your website and everything you brought on, you know, you have this skill set, right. From, um, being a buyer, being in that corporate world, seeing, you know, the retail setting and everything and having that power behind you. Now you have, now you're an entrepreneur, you're starting your own thing. What surprised you the most? I think, um, maybe not just not realizing the workload that, it would be as um, running the team, you know, running myself and and the team that I work with, Mara, and we have an intern. Um, you know, we all juggle a lot of balls, and you know, you go into something and you know it's going to be a lot of work, but you don't really know what that entails and all of the different buckets that that falls into. Um, so I think that's where sometimes it's you know I'll get overwhelmed again. I'm looking at my desk because I have organized chaos happening yes. around me, right? <laughs> but it's organized. I know exactly what's in every pile. I have my to-do list. I'm very old fashioned. I write everything down. Yes. Um, and so I think that's been the trick through it all is to not let it overwhelm me, just prioritize the tasks for the day or the week and just be organized, you know, know, okay, what I need to tackle and when. Okay. So I, that was a bit of a roundabout answer, but yeah, I get it. So people like, you know, if they think about a traditional nine to five job and you go, you know, what the day in the life is like, you get up, you take your coffee and then you go, you hop on a train, you go to the office, you do your work and you come back. What is a typical day in the life of you having an e-commerce site? What's it's going on in the background? Yeah, it's, it's really nonstop. 
you know, um, but because of COVID, because now I'm working from home, it's really important for me to also have a bit of a balance just when it comes to my mental health and physical health. So, you know, I, sometimes I wake up and I just immediately go exercise or at the end of the day, I'll go out and exercise and I put it on my calendar. Okay. Five o'clock is when you're going or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And, um, the rest of the day I'm at my desk, I'm on zoom calls. I'll get up, you know, go to the kitchen to make lunch. Occasionally I'll go out for lunch, but very rarely. Um, and then, you know, depending upon what, what my evening plans look like. Um, so I have a child who I'm with every other week. So on some weeks it's making dinner, getting that whole routine done. And then at eight o'clock I'm back at my desk, you know, and I'm like, okay, what did I miss? Or what do I need to catch up on in the few hours that I went for my run and I made dinner and I made sure everything is okay at home, you know, and then there's other days where I'm going out to dinner and it's okay. You know, I say, okay, breathe. You can tackle the next stuff tomorrow. Um, and it, because it's a website, you know, I'm always kind of Googling, seeing what's coming up. Um, if there's any questions or issues, I'm sharing them with the team. Why is this doing that? Checking the site. And there's always something, you know, a price is wrong here or, um, excuse me, my phone is ringing back there. Okay. But, um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's nonstop. It is it's like, yeah, it's kind of like 24 seven. And I, and another uh, question is, you know, cause I have an app and it's, you know, you're in that tech space, right? You have an e-commerce site and people tend to think that it's 24 seven, you know, but it's like, there's a human being behind this, right? right? Right. And you, you have to, like you said, balance, you have to have balance for your mental health, for your physical health, right? Otherwise you're going to just like drain, be drained. And then you're going to be out for the count for a while. And then there's, it's totally going to be chaos. Right. So now that people know that, oh yeah, you know, there's a person behind this, what's your reach? I mean, do you have clients that are um, in another time zone on the, across the globe, right? And they're writing emails. What does that look like? I mean, how far is your reach? Well, right now the site is national. So I'll ship, you know, throughout the U S um, so that makes things a bit easier. Um, but my brands are, a lot of them are in Europe. So that's the only thing worth, you know, emails and, and discussions get delayed because, you know, for example, right now I'm trying to get two slow notebooks from Amsterdam because I have a customer that, um, you know, is looking for them. So I'm emailing her yesterday. I'm getting a reply today. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what it is? Because this is life. This is the day in the life of you. Like my phone has been going off and it's like, you know, my, my, you know I'm getting emails, I'm getting text messages, Instagram's going off. And then like, right. calls, it's like, listen, I, knew I tried Hello. to mute everything, but I can't mute the phone. <laughs> um, so it's Europe. So that's the piece that gets delayed. Um, but then it's for me, it's about manager customer expectations. So I emailed the customer and I said, just so you know, I have three other two notebooks. The other two are shipping from the Netherlands. And so they understand, okay, it might take a little bit of a delay to get, you know, so just about handling it from all angles. I want to move on to the gift guides. Okay. Because we're reaching pretty soon the holiday season. Okay. Yeah. Now, one thing is like taking into consideration this problem of the supply chain, right? I'd like for you to tell us like, when to set their expectation, if there's going to be a delay or how early should a person start thinking about or, you know, purchasing the gift for the holiday season for Christmas? For a customer, I mean, realistically, brands and retailers start promoting it now as early as mid-November. 
Okay. It used to be, it used to start on Black Friday, right? Um, but that's no longer the case. So I think mid-November is when you start seeing it because you're getting the emails and the stores are decorated. Um, but let's face it, everything always happens at the last minute, right? <laughs> you know, yes, it's, it's yes, exactly. I'm now, I will say, you no, know, this is where for a customer, you do have to be somewhat organized because what is it you want to buy? If you want to come to Gift Me Chic and buy some amazing Nomad Noe candles or Black Dahlia CBD. I mean, these are things that can ship very easily. If you want to design a bespoke handbag with Maison Raven coming out of Paris, that's a six-week process. So this is where the communication becomes really important. I have a customer who he DM'd me and cause he we're on Instagram and he's been a nice customer for, for a year now. And he said, my wife's birthday is November 27th. I really want to get her spe- something special. What can you recommend? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting actually, cause on my site next week, I'm getting ready to launch a Elizabeth by appointment. So it does give customers the opportunity to work with me, to brainstorm. Yeah. Because timing is important. So I reached out to the brand and we, you know, we, came up with the timeline. He was really, I said, so he said, well, how do I go about this? What do I do? And I said, okay, first things first, go to your wife's closet, look at her handbags and ah. what is she missing? What is her daytime bag? What is her nighttime bag? What is her tote bag situation? Okay. And then maybe you make a list for me so I can think about it. What colors does she have? What materials does she have? What do you, what would you like to see on her? And so it started this thought process of him being a detective and secretly skipping through her stuff and then coming back to me and then me going to the brand. And then we all came together to collaborate and it's been really fun. And now he's going down this road and he's helping design it with the brand, with the designer directly. Wow. And it'll be ready and it'll get to his wife by November 27th. It's going to have her name and, you know, engraved into the inside and it's really very special. So that's why it does take foresight for a customer, you know, and those, that's a big gift. So that's kind of the thing that you want to do for your closest significant other or whoever it is. Um, and I do think people think of that way because you say, okay, I want to get them something special. So let me now put thought into it. And then it's kind of all those other gifts that you can do fairly last minute. Now I would suggest doing it no later than, you know, by the first week of December, you know, because the mail and the FedEx, everything gets so delayed. You don't want to be stressing, you know, Now, from your website, do you have inventory or that you actually send out? Or if someone is ordering, then you have to wait, you put that order to the vendor and we have to wait for the vendor to send it out. It's a combination, but mostly dropship, which is um, the latter of what you mentioned. So the vendors have the inventory. I take my system is connected to the vendor system behind the scenes. Okay. So when I get the order, it automatically goes to the vendor and then they ship it out. Okay. So, um, and then, but for the products that I have from Europe, I mostly have them in my home warehouse, you know, right here, you're looking at the Gift Me Chic Fulfillment Center. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, (laughs) you know, much nicely, uh, much more nicely packaged than Amazon. Um, But yeah, so this is where some things get shipped out, um, which is nice because I can really give it more of a personal touch. I'll write a little note and it goes in the gift me chic packaging. Um, But it's so it's a balance between the two. And there are occasions um, other than, you know, holidays, like, right. And birthdays where people can actually give gifts, right? right. 
So they have to kind of open their minds, like, like you said, like maybe a housewarming or um, maybe it's like an anniversary, maybe it's, um, you know, a graduation, whatever it is, but there are other moments in life yeah. than just your birthday and yeah. holidays and you have gifts for those. And I love the experience, like the tarot card reading that doesn't have to be for a birthday. That could just be, you know, for, yeah. a gift, for a friend who is interested or is, you know, or whatever you know, time or yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a gift for any occasion. I love exactly. it. Exactly. And I, I like to call it habitual gifting because yes, okay. there are peaks and valleys in the gifting business, but you have peaks and valleys in fashion, you know, March and September when people are buying their seasonal clothes. Um, but there is an every day, every week, every month business and gifting because to your point, yes, there's always something to gift for. And what I like to do is I personally do, and I like to tell my customers to do the same, is just have a little closet or shelf in your home where you have a stock up of candles or, you okay. know, gifts that are under 50 or gifts that are under 100. And just to have a little stockpile because there's always a moment when you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot I'm going to such and so-and-so's house tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow. And I need to grab something. So you're not in a pinch. What's the most boring gift you've ever received? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd call it boring, but it was definitely battered and tattered. It was a re-gift for sure. And I was just surprised. I was taken aback that the person who gifted me thought it was acceptable to give me an obviously re-gifted gift. <laughs> Especially knowing that I do gifting. <laughs> okay. Okay. So do you believe in regifting? I believe in regifting when the the person won't know that they're being regifted. You know, like if I have a beautiful candle or whatever that's never been opened and it's in pristine condition, and I know this person will like it, regifting is fine. But okay. it just it's how you go about it. What's the most exciting gift you've ever received? Oh, um, I think for me, it's travel. And, you know, again, it's, 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 I love discovering new places. And um, when I graduated high school, my grad, oh, sorry, when I graduated college, my um, graduation gift was a trip backpacking through Europe. Okay. Let's see. What's the biggest no-no of gifting? Oh, you know, for me, it's just not putting any thought into it. You know, okay. it's like buying some random thing for your friend and not really caring if she's going to like it or not. And it's just like, oh, I just you need to get it over with. So you just buy it. You know, I really believe that gifting it's about thoughtfulness. It's about kindness. It's about, you know, you're giving without an expectation of receiving. But I really feel that there should be thought behind it. You know, think about who are you gifting? What is their lifestyle? What could they use in their life? You know, and that's when it becomes really touching and the person truly appreciates it because they feel the thought you put into it. If they just put it in a gift bag, what, how do you feel about that as far as presentation goes? I think it can be okay. You know, if, if, if the item is, there's no wrapping paper, let's say, but there's a beautiful bow and tissue and, I mean, I don't, it doesn't bother me so much. Um, it's not ideal but i think if you're going to someone's home for example you don't want it to be overly formal like here i wrapped a gift and i put it. you know in that case it's a little more casual so i think it's on it depends on the context and does a card always have to accompany the gift something should accompany the gift <laughs> tell the person that you're gifting who gave them the gift <laughs> right like you at least want to be recognized for giving the gift you don't need you know i don't it's nice to get a thank you, but you may not, but at least, you know, the person knows who gave them the gift. 
And finally, um, if it's a housewarming um, party, should they just bring a plant? How do you feel about bringing a plant? (laughs) (laughs) Plants are very personal, right? Like I have plants in my home, but I've specifically chosen the ones that won't kill my cat, you know, (laughs) you know, and where, where's it going to fit in my home and what size is it going to be? You know, it's a nice gesture. And if it's a small plant, then it's more versatile, but, um, I, I, it wouldn't be my first choice. No. Okay. Well, there you have it. Thank (laughs) you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I'd love to stay in touch, you know, love that. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us at Naya Unfiltered. For everyone, thank you so much. I enjoyed, I loved this conversation with Elizabeth. Make sure to check out her website, which is www.giftmechic.com. You can find all of her information on our website, on our Instagram, and our YouTube when we post this video. Thanks for listening to our latest episode of Naya Unfiltered. Remember, you can always watch our full interview on our YouTube page at Naya Beauty App. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to all platforms like YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok, all at the same handle, at Naya Beauty App, so you can always stay up to date on all things Naya Beauty. Until next time, guys. Bye.